Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hogg from RightSource here talking about governance and all things not-for-profit. Working with a lot of boards um, and how they manage their workload is always very challenging to work out, especially when the boards are volunteers and they're wanting to make sure they get the best use of their time. One of the aspects that quite often comes up as challenging in that space is the use of committees. So you might have a board for your not-for-profit and they may or may not have a committee structure underneath them. Now, what is a board committee? Effectively, it's a subset of the board that's delegated a task or tasks to go away and do with the objective to be more efficient in the use of the board's time. So rather than say you've got a board of eight, rather than those eight people being around a table deciding certain things or interrogating information, you get three or four of them together to do that work and come back to the board. And that way you save in an aggregate some of the board's time. So how does it, how do you can how can you get your committees to work effectively or what structure should you look at? So the first thing, and this is the thing with all governance in an organization, is being clear on what is it you're asking them to do. So what is the role of the committees that you set up? And this is usually done through, effectively it's a position description for the committee, which you could call terms of reference or a charter, but effectively you want to list down on a document somewhere, this is what we want the committee to look at, this is what authority we give the committee, and this is how they then report back to the board. So you want that to be very clear in terms of how that operates because that then allows the committee to know what questions they're answering and also what they need to do. Generally speaking, from a committee point of view, what you're getting them to do is to interrogate any of the papers that are coming to the board. So it might be on insurance renewal, it might be on um, clinical practices, it might be on financial statements, it might be an update to the conflict of interest policy, any of those things where you want so the board wants to make be sure that the documents being interrogated and that they're comfortable with the contents. If the committee's doing that, then they can then report to the board and go, yes, we've looked at that, this is why we're comfortable, and it will save the board time in having to re-interrogate it. That's what you don't want. You don't want a committee to do the work. Pass, pass it to the board to approve and then the board to replicate it. If that's happening, either don't have the committee or clarify whose role is it to do so that you're not duplicating that time because that's the worst instance. The other thing that being clear on the role of the committee is useful for is for management. So quite often they'll have a board that they're reporting to. They need to know when should stuff go to a committee, when should it go to a board, and what the process is for that, because that gives them line of sight and allows them to use that structure to get things done, because that's what they want to do. It's really a question of, from a board perspective in setting up these committees, that process of delegating. And delegating is always tricky, no matter if you're a board or you're a person, it doesn't matter, it's, it's tricky. So there's a couple of aspects you want to this. Obviously, the board is still responsible for ultimately all the decisions. So that's whether the CEO is doing it or committee is doing it, the board is still responsible. You can't delegate that responsibility away entirely. You can rely on others though. So 
having a clear understanding of what you're relying on that committee for is an important part of the delegation. The other important part is then how does the committee come back to the board evidencing that they've done the work and informing the board because the board still needs to be informed. Now, generally I think a good set of minutes from the committee coming through and potentially access to the papers that went to the committee for the board to look at if they wish, that's usually a good balance. Um, some people like to have a committee report go to the board. You still need to do the minutes anyway. You could have a subset report depending on the complexity of, of information that has been reviewed. It's really up to the board to work out what information they need. Important in that respect then is also to then have enough time between committee meetings and board meetings so that any reporting that is needing to be done for the board has time to be completed. And this is where tools like a board calendar come in very useful, where you have, in a board calendar, you have the times the, board's, the board is meeting and what the board is needing to decide at each of those meetings. That can then allow you to plan, well, if there's stuff they need to decide at this meeting that needs a committee to look at first, well, then you plan when the committee needs to meet to make sure that they have the information to review and report back to the board. So planning also is very important in committees. If you have... Um, an ad hoc committee, committee process or ad hoc board process, it makes it very hard for committees to be um, effective. So that planning process is very important in that structure of how you use committees as well. And lastly, it's deciding which committees you want to have or, or what pieces of work you want to throw to committees. Some boards like to have things done at a board level, others like to have it more comfortable doing it at a committee level, and it depends on the organisation as well. So things that I've seen put to committees are finance, so that might be looking at um, reporting, financial statements, um, other things at risk, risk management, uh, clinical governance, uh, governance generally is something that potentially um, a committee that is specialised at looking at governance and making sure that progresses is a good way to then allow the board to be informed on the governance being there. So uh, nominations committee, which is also a people or a culture committee, all these things are subsets of groups that are easily to be able to get a skill set that can wrap around them easily and you can easily identify the work that that committee's doing. So that's it with committees. Um, it's really, I think they're a very useful tool for the board and if they're done well, can really improve the effectiveness of the board whilst at the same time making sure that they're not spending hours upon hours of their volunteered time working through issues for the organisation. If you liked what you heard today feel free to subscribe to the podcast series and if you'd like some more information check me out on linkedin i'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have otherwise thanks for listening it's justin hogg from right source